This is Rhema for Today. Now we call the church house sometimes the house of God. That would be all right if we'll qualify our statements. Now if we mean that that church house, our church building, is the house of God because God lives there, we're wrong. He does not live there. He does not abide there. That's not his abode. That's not his home. If we mean it's the house of God because we build it and dedicated it to him for worship, that's fine. Welcome to Rhema for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching on how to increase your spiritual effectiveness. Next on Rhema for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. You see, no longer does he dwell in earth-made holies of holies. Our bodies have become his temple, our temples. Now, you see, that's one reason that we have a better covenant established on better promises. Under the old covenant, the presence of God was kept shut up in the holies of holies. The Shekinah glory of God. And that's the reason that every male from throughout Israel had to present himself at least once a year in Jerusalem at the temple. That's where God was. That was God's house. God's presence was kept shut up in the holies of holies, the Shekinah glory of God. And nobody, no one, dare approach into that holy presence save the high priest. And he only under great precautions having made sacrifice for his sins and also the sins of the people. But you see, my brother, sister, others in, intruded into that place and fell dead instantly. But you see, when Jesus died, you remember out there on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. Now, he wasn't talking about the new covenant being finished. It wasn't finished. The new covenant wasn't finished. The new covenant wasn't finished when Jesus died. The new covenant wasn't finished when Jesus arose from the dead, whether you know it or not. The new covenant wasn't finished until actually Jesus did two things. You see, first, when he first arose from the dead, he saw, Mary saw him, you know, there in the garden. And he said, touch me not, for I've not yet ascended unto my father and to your father, to my God and your God. Later on, the disciples saw him and he said, hand on me, touch me. They saw it was a spirit. Now, why did he tell Mary not to touch him and the disciples to touch him? Well, you get the clue over in the book of Hebrews. The Bible teaches us that the first office when he was raised from the dead as high priest of the new covenant was to enter into the heavenly holies of holies with his own blood to obtain an eternal redemption for us. Hallelujah. And so you see, that's the reason that he said to Mary, don't touch me, don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my father and your father. 
Then when he saw the disciples a few days later, go ahead and touch me. That's all right. Because you see, he had already carried out that prerogative. He had ascended unto the heavenly holies of holies with his own blood to obtain an eternal redemption for us. And he came back here on the earth and people saw him. As many as 500 at one time saw him. And then finally he ascended up on high and sat down. And sat down. And sat down. And sat down. You see, you don't sit down till the job's finished. And really the new covenant wasn't finished until he arose on high and sat down. Hallelujah to God. Amen. And sat down at the right hand of the Father where he ever liveth to make intercession for us. And then and then only could you say the new covenant's finished. What did he mean then? Out there on Calvary when he said it's finished. Well, read what happened and you know what he's talking about. He's talking about the old covenant being finished. He's talking about because there in the temple, the Bible tells us that there was a curtain that curtained off the uh, holies of holies. Flavius Josephus, the Jewish historian, said that that curtain was 40 feet wide, 20 feet high, and four inches thick. Now, the Bible tells us, Jesus having said it is finished, and gave up the ghost, that that curtain was rent in twain. That means it was tore or ripped apart. Now notice, from top to bottom not from bottom to top. That meant that 20 feet up there in the air, an unseen being, an angel from all probability, just took a hold of that four-inch thick curtain, 20 feet tall, 40 feet wide, and ripped it apart. And anybody, anybody could see into the holies of holies. You didn't have to go in there then having offered the sacrifice of animals and nobody but the high priest. Why? Because God had moved out of it. God had moved out of that. God no longer dwells in earth-made holies of holies. Under the new covenant, our bodies have become his temple. Now, here's a place where people have missed it. Bless their hearts. We become so religiously brainwashed that we miss the spiritual blessings of God. You see, that temple there in the old covenant was holy because it was God's house where God lived. Now, we call the church house sometimes the house of God. That would be all right if we'll qualify our statements. Now, if we mean that that church house or church building is the house of God because God lives there, we're wrong. He does not live there. He does not abide there. That's not his abode. That's not his home. If we mean it's the house of God because we build it and dedicated it to him for worship, that's fine. But you see, people have almost, and I'm sure they have, worship buildings and put great emphasis on the building that's God's house God lives there and he doesn't at all amen 
one lady was visiting over here in the United States from England. She was of the Church of England, Anglington Church, or Episcopal Church, about the same. And so uh, somebody uh, got her to attend a Pentecostal meeting. She had never been in one. Now, they had Pentecostal churches in England, but she had never been to one. And the friends she was visiting here, some of them went there, and they got her to attend. And she just got, this is a true story, absolutely. She just got all distraught. In fact, she got up and left one out in the foyer and a friend down in Texas went to see about her. Oh, she was distraught. Oh, those people are lifting their hands, praising God right out loud. Don't they know this is God's house? She thought they ought to come in, you know, tiptoe in because God's here. <laughs> Sit down, you know, act and look like you was at a funeral. They thought that was a reverence. They're making too much noise. Don't they know this is God's house? And that wasn't God's house in the sense she is thinking of it. Are you listening to me? You know there was a time, whether you realize it or not, but one knows this if they're a student of church history, that see through the years people put great emphasis, not only the Roman Catholics, which we know did, but also the Protestants. John Wesley said, think about it now. Think about it. Just, just a couple of hundred years ago, John Wesley said, see, he was educated as a Church of England or Anglican pastor or priest. And John Wesley said, you see, he and his brother Charles came over here to the United States as missionary to the Indians down the state of Georgia in the early days of our nation and were a flat failure by his own admission. Spent one year and went back to England. And in Wesley's writings and journals, he said on the way back to England on the ship, there were some Moravians who taught them some of the deeper things of God. Now, in my opinion, John Wesley and his brother Charles just then got saved or born again. Well, Wesley then got back to England and he began to preach some of these things in the church. Now, Wesley said, I did not know that God, see, they didn't know God would meet you anywhere else. They thought that's God's house. That's where God meets you because that's where God is. He said, I didn't know God would meet us anywhere else except in the church. And you see, he's preaching one time and it didn't set well, you see, with his church. And they got up right in the middle of his sermon and threw him out. Well, he said, see, his father was a minister in the Anglican Church of England. And they buried the dead in those days in the churchyard. And see, all the congregation coming out of church. He said, I got up on my father's tombstone out there in the open air and finished my sermon. <laughs> now, listen to what Wesley said. Wesley said, I didn't know God would meet you anywhere except in the church house. To my utter astonishment, God met us out there. The presence of God was there, you see. Probably more real than it was in that church because it <laughs> froze him out in there. Sometimes in some church building, it's sort of like... Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. 
You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagen, Pastor Hagen, and the rest of the Hagen family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. This offer begins with the two-CD set from Kenneth E. Hagen entitled, Hold Fast to the Word. Also from Kenneth Hagen, the four-CD set, Man's Impossibility, God's Possibility. All this for the special price of $25. That's $17 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Well, guess what happens on November the 25th here? on the Rama campus. What happens? The Christmas lights come on. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> it's right. It's a beautiful sight. Yes. And you know, those Christmas lights will remain on until January, the, through January the 1st, 2021. Can you believe that? 2021? Right. Yeah, when they go off about 11 o'clock on January the 1st, 2021. Yes. They're off. That's <laughs> and right. And then they start taking them down. That's right. <laughs> you know, and I'm especially proud of this year because... One of our grandsons is in charge of the Christmas lights. He's in lights. charge of putting, getting the Christmas lights put up. Yes. And he's doing a great he job. He is doing an awesome, awesome, awesome job. Awesome job. Awesome job. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll free. 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow, Kenneth E. Hagen will continue his message on how to increase your spiritual effectiveness. That's tomorrow on Rema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.